So we're going to take a very brief look at uh, a psalm this morning. Mostly on account that Dave phoned me yesterday and says, I'm unwell. <laughs> and I'm not going to make it. And um, so it's funny, isn't it? I wonder where do you turn? Where do we turn in those moments when we think, what do you want to say, Lord? Where are you? So I finished my call with Dave and I went to um, probably the place that I go to most um, in the Psalms, most often, this Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place. Leah, you've got a good voice. Do you think you could read us this slide? Just sort of stand up and, yeah, boom it out. I could give you a microphone. That would be even better, wouldn't it? Just read that. It's on, yeah. It is. Is it on, Victor? Hello, yeah. Yeah. Hello. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow builds her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. O Lord of heaven's armies, my King and my God, what joy for those who can live in your house always singing your praises. How lovely, how lovely is your dwelling place, how lovely is your dwelling place, how lovely is his dwelling place. And so I want to invite us to fix our eyes on his dwelling place as we have in our singing, as we have in our notices, praying for David and Barbara, ultimately we fix our eyes. As Gareth was encouraging us, it's not in the riches of princes and kings we set our hope. Actually, we set our eyes on the dwelling place. I wonder when you think of the dwelling place of God, what do you think of? What do you think? Do you think of some throne room uh, with gold and uh, you know, it's very bright, it's shiny? And there's this throne and there's God on it. You're not quite sure. What does God look like? Maybe you think of that. Maybe you think of some palace. Maybe some procession like we saw uh, for the funeral of the queen. Maybe you think of this angelic procession. I wonder what you think. I wonder what the sons of Korah were thinking. The place where God dwells in heaven. The king on the throne. Isaiah had a picture, didn't he, of a throne room. The year the king died, he says, I saw the throne of God. God on it and his robe filled the temple. But there's something in this that would amaze the writers. Because they're writing from an old covenant perspective. They're writing from... First of all, there was God meeting Adam and Eve in the garden, wasn't there? And then God later on spoke to his servant and says, you're going to make a tent, Moses, and it's going to be this size and that 
It's going to have this at the front and that. And this is going to look exactly like this. And God says, I'll meet you there. And then later on, God spoke to David and his son, Solomon. So they want you to build a temple and it's going to look like this. And it's going to be stone and it's going to be this high and this wide. That was the old covenant where the king was on his throne, the Lord God in his presence, the dwelling place. Then Jesus came and he was like, well, the temple of God was like walking around in the flesh. Wherever Jesus went, the temple was. People encountered God through Jesus. And then Jesus says, actually, this temple's going to get torn down. This one's going to get rebuilt in three days. He wasn't talking about a stone one. He was talking about himself and he was talking about a people. Because then the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. And the scripture says now... We are the dwelling place of God. Now, you, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So where's God's dwelling place, friends? It's here. I don't mean it's in Eden Center. Like we go out and God stays here and says, bye, see you next week. No, the church is the dwelling place of God. We are the temple of of the Spirit. That's what Paul says. How lovely is your dwelling place. Do you realize as we come, as we are God's people in community, praying for these different things, we are the temple of God. And you thought, we thought sometimes, oh, it's just what I do on the Sundays and get home and get on with other things later. No, we're the temple of God as God's people now. This week, as we connect and pray, wherever you go, Paul says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So he calls us to godly and righteous behavior. Hey, how lovely is your dwelling place? Wherever you and I go is the dwelling place of God this week. Do you know that? What dignity you and I have. There's no other species on the planet where God says, I'm going to come and dwell and make my home in you. Lord, doesn't that... Isn't that open our, Lord, we want to open our hearts to you. Come among us. How lovely is your dwelling place. Where's the dwelling place, friends? It's this. It's the church. It's wherever you and I go. We as individuals are the dwelling place of God. Now, yes, there is a heaven. But the dwelling place of God. God says, I'll come and make my home in you. That's what Jesus said in John 14. If you obey me and you love me, I and the Father will come and make our home. What's a, it's where I dwell. Me and the Father are going to come and dwell in your lives, church. Oh, Lord, come among us. How lovely your dwelling place. This is what Paul says. In him, the whole building is joined together and it rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. That's the work of salvation that God is doing in our lives all the time. He's renewing us. He's growing us. He's teaching us. I'm building you together. Doesn't that create dignity for our meetings? Doesn't that create dignity for your lives as you tomorrow you go to work? Whatever it is you're doing, Lord, you're building us together to become a dwelling. How lovely is your dwelling place?
I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. You know, the new covenant revelation, yes, it is a head thing, we understand it, but it's an invitation for God to dwell. You're, you have, we sometimes talk, don't we, we have a house where we live. Sometimes the house doesn't feel like a home. When you move somewhere, it doesn't quite feel like home yet. You ever had that? Think, okay, I need to put some stuff on the walls. When I was a student, those people had gone, to, I guess Ella, you know, wherever you, you pull up a poster on the wall, it's okay, it's starting to feel like home now, or a plant, whatever it is. When you have a home, you paint it, or you get some furniture, oh, it starts to feel like home. The new covenant invitation is that God makes his home with us. Not so much a house, a home. God loves to be at home in us. Lord, we welcome you in this open door, your home. As you and I go about our week this week, God is making a home in us. You and I get to communicate some of the homey of Jesus to those we meet. Those who are distant, those who are broken, those who are lonely, all sorts. Hey, can I share a bit of the home of Jesus in me? The hominess of Jesus. Then, uh, can we have the next? Oh, no, here it is. Verse 3. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow builds a nest. I think, what's this about? Is this just because there's like a big hole in the temple that these guys have seen and the birds are keep coming in and out like a shed down the garden? The birds get through a hole. You think, where's the nest? Even the sparrow finds a home. Isn't it amazing in all the beauty of God's temple... Even a little old sparrow finds a home. And sometimes, maybe we can feel like a little old sparrow. I'm just a sparrow. You know what God would say to sparrows this morning? You have a place near my altar. So if you're a sparrow in our thinking... It's not who Jesus says, but sometimes that's, oh, I'm a sparrow. Jesus says to us, you have a place near my altar. Or maybe you're a swallow, bird of many nations. They're just about to be leaving the UK, heading back to mid-Africa. I'm just a swallow. I'm not sure where home. I don't know where I fit. The swallow builds her nest raises her young at a place near her altar. People of all nations. The birds of the air and often is a picture in scripture of people from every nation. People from every nation. There's a place near his altar. Whether we're a sparrow or a swallow. And the other thing about sparrows and swallows and if you've ever had them in your house or on the side, they make a mess, don't they? They make a mess you think, this is God's temple that these guys are singing of. God says, make your nest. Sparrow, swallow, an individual, the mess I might make, oh, I couldn't possibly go in. God says, the temple's the very place for you to be. Not when you've cleaned up your mess, but come with the mess that you would bring 
and let's work on it together. It's the wonderful thing of the new covenant is we don't have to be holy to enter. Jesus says, come and I'll make you holy. Lord, thank you for that it's that way around. He's the one that qualifies us. We never get good enough to get in. He says, well, have my pass. Just show the Father and we come in. So friends, come into this spacious place. What joy. Maybe can we have the next slide? <clears throat> what joy for those whose strength comes, who've set their mind on pilgrimage. We like the sound of a pilgrimage, maybe. Uh, there's the, the one that goes across the top of the Pyrenees in Spain, uh, one side to the other. Maybe there's a pilgrimage we can do in north of England, visit ancient old cathedrals. But this pilgrimage walks through the valley of weeping. It becomes a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains clothe it with blessings. Why refreshing springs? Because the one who gives us a drink is with us. Not only is the one who gives us a drink with us, the one who's wept the tears has gone before us. Jesus in the garden weeps tears as drops of blood. We have strength on our pilgrimage because one came from heaven on his pilgrimage and that ended at the cross. Because of his pilgrimage, went from the cross to resurrection to seated at the Father, our pilgrimage of tears has hope too. Lord, thank you. Thank you. They become, they continue to grow stronger and each of them will appear before God. Friends, this is what Hebrews says. Hebrews 2. Both the one who makes men holy and those who are being made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. This pilgrimage is not something we do with God watching. Pilgrimage is something we do with God accompanying because he's family and he calls us family. He's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. So we're going to finish in a second by just inviting the God who dwells to be dwelling among us, to be filling us, to be wrapping his arms around us as we feel on pilgrimage, strengthening us, drawing us after him. Does that sound like a good place to finish?